I've said it a couple times tonight. I mean it. It's true. 2020 has been a year unlike any other. It has been a hard, hard year. It has been difficult and it has been frustrating and it has been a year full of just so much pain and heartache on so many levels, in so many ways. It's been just a really hard, hard year. Uh, from, and not just the virus. I mean, it, it, but I mean, it's a big part of it, right? I mean, there's the, the virus and then there's the uh, political unrest in our country and all over our world. Uh, there's the economic impact of the virus and everything that has gone on this year. People who have lost jobs, people who have lost financial stability, people who have lost uh, sources of income, people who have lost loved ones. There is not a person on this planet who has not been affected or touched in some way by the pain of 2020. A friend of mine is down in southern Illinois today saying goodbye to his father because of this virus. It's been a tough year. And normally, like when it's time for Christmas... I, okay, I don't like winter. I'm not a big winter fan. It gets cold. It's dark at 2 o'clock in the afternoon or something like that. I don't know. I just, I just don't like winter. But December's different. Like getting ready for Christmas, I get really geeked up and excited about Christmas, and I'm just not feeling it this year. I've watched a couple Christmas movies. Watched Elf the other night. <laughs> Must be another Dirk Larson. Um, I, I watched Elf, you know, I, I watched uh, a couple other Christmas movies. I've listened to a little bit of Christmas music. Usually by now, I've got all my stations programmed in my radio, on my, in my car, uh, to Christmas music. And I've listened to my Spotify Christmas playlist 400 times by now. And I haven't even listened to it once. Just don't feel it. Just not feeling it. Anybody feeling it? Anybody? Or anybody not feeling it? Yeah. You at home, not feeling it this year? It's just not the same. We're all in this Grinch-driven bus of 2020 that is just awful. And it's, and it's ruining Christmas 2020, right? It started with Thanksgiving, and it's like, you can't do this, you can't do that, and you can't see your loved ones, and, and, and I couldn't eat turkey Today's the fifth, right? 26 days. 26 days. Thank you. I've held on. I've held on. But in spite of it all, in spite of the hurt and the heartache and the difficulty of this year, here we are. It's Christmas trees up, they're singing the songs, and I'm telling you, it's, it's coming back. Because with Christmas comes things like hope and joy. And it was the last time you felt like, like joy. It feels like it's been forever ago, right? We're going to bring that back. We're going to bring that back this month. Hope Maybe it was the last time you were like hopeful about something. Man, I, 
I think things are going to get better. I think things are turning around. I'm telling you, we're going to bring back hope this month. Because it's Christmas. Peace, we're going to find peace again this month. Why? Because it's Christmas. We're going to feel God's love again this month. Why? Because it's Christmas. We're going to start a new series tonight called Simple Christmas. And this series is about stripping away all the materialism and the consumerism and the trappings of the season and the, and the shopping and the and the you know uh, shopping and the shopping and the spending and the credit cards and everything. We're going to take all that away. We're going to get rid of all that stuff. And we're going to focus on the simple message of Christmas. The simple message of Christmas. We're not going to go overboard, but we're going to go back to Bethlehem. And we are going to get back to what Christmas is all about. Tonight we start with a simple story. And we're just going to go through the, the Christmas story from Luke chapter 2. Next week we're going to talk about a simple couple. We're going to talk about Mary and Joseph and who they were and why they were so special and why God chose them to be Jesus' parents. And then the next weekend, the last weekend of Christmas, of Simple Christmas, we're going to talk about a simple gift and the best gift we could ever get. And then we'll have our Christmas Eve services. And then we're going to talk a little bit about, we're going to recap the year, the weekend after that. And then in 2021, we're going to start a brand new, ser a brand new series uh, through the Old Testament. The entire year we're going to spend in the Old Testament next year getting back to the Bible that Jesus read. I'm very excited about that. But for tonight, I want to talk about Christmas. I want to get excited about Christmas again. So if you have a Bible, if you have a Bible, or if you have one near you, if you're watching at home, uh, grab your Bible and turn to Luke chapter 2. If you didn't bring a Bible, you can use one on your phone uh, or your tablet, uh, such as Bible Gateway or Version. Those are two online Bibles you can use. And so grab your Bible, turn to Luke chapter 2, uh, or you can use the GFCC app. If you have, if you have the uh, GFCC app, if you haven't gotten it yet, you can go to your app store and search for GFCC, and you can download our church app, and you can follow along with sermon notes in the church app. So we're going to take this in like five pieces, okay? Luke chapter 2. We're not going to read all the verses, but we're going to read a bunch of them. So I want to begin by looking at Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. In those days... Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So this is a story, this is a simple story that takes place in a real place, in a real time, with real people. Like, history attests to the fact that there really was a Caesar Augustus, that there really was a Quirinius who was governor of Syria. Syria is a real place, and the region of Syria in the Roman Empire was where Palestine was located. And this is a real time. There was actually a census that took place around the time that Jesus was born. Censuses were taken in those days, much for the same reasons they're taken today, taxation. 
you had to figure out how many people in the Roman Empire, how much money did they have, and how many possessions, and how much wealth did they have so that you could tax them. Governments are good at that. They've been doing it a long time, apparently. So um, Caesar says, we need, to, we need to find out how many people are in the empire. And so the people went to their own towns to register. Now, it may have been the town where you were born. It may be it's the town where you held property. And that's what they're thinking with Joseph, Jesus' earthly father, that he had property in Bethlehem. And we're going to see that that's where they end up, is in Bethlehem. Luke chapter 2, verse 4. It says, So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. Now, uh, Bethlehem was a small town about five miles to the south of Jerusalem. It wasn't a, a famous town. It wasn't a big town. Its, its claim to fame was this was the town where Samuel, the prophet, anointed David to be the next king over Israel. So back in the book of 2 Samuel, we read the story of how Samuel anointed David to be the next king. And that happened in the city of David because that's where David was from. And so what we see here uh, is that uh, Joseph, Jesus' earthly father, was of the house and line of David. Now this is important because in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1, it says that the Messiah, the Savior, was going to come from the line of David. It, it actually says he would be a shoot from the root of uh, from the stump of Jesse. And so Jesse was uh, David's father. And just as, uh, just as David was the, the son of Jesse, uh, if you keep going on through the lineage of Jesus, you get to Joseph, and then you get to Jesus, whom everyone assumed was Joseph's son. And so he was technically from the line of David. So what is so special about this simple little town of Bethlehem? I mean, it wasn't, like I said, it was just a little map dot. In the book of Micah, chapter 5, verse 2, we read about a prophecy hundreds of years before Jesus was born that the Savior, the Messiah, would come from Bethlehem. Check this out. It says, But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. And so this prophecy concerning Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, says that he is going to come from the town of Bethlehem. And I'm just absolutely amazed how God works in human history. He works through events of human history. Caesar Augustus says, we need a census. Everybody's got to go to their hometown. And Joseph's like, well, it's time to go home. Come on, Mary, let's go home. And Mary's pregnant with a baby. And, you know, and... and and it works to all fulfill this Old Testament prophecy. It's amazing. It's ridiculous almost that all these things God said was going to take place happens hundreds of years later, centuries later, as a Roman emperor says, we need to do a census. And sure enough, Jesus ends up being born in Bethlehem. Look at verses 6 and 7. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and pla placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. So 
Joseph has property back in Bethlehem. He has family back in Bethlehem. He goes to the family home back in Bethlehem. And there's no room for them. There's nowhere for the baby to be born. And so Jesus ends up being born where the, where the animals are fed. And they lay him in a manger, which was a feed trough. And so they lay him in a manger. They wrap him up in cloths. And the Savior is born. Jesus enters into our world. It's a miracle. It's a miracle because Mary was a virgin, yet she was with child, conceived in her by the Holy Spirit. This whole thing has miracle written all over it, that only God could accomplish something like this. Look at verse 8. It says, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. So these inconsequential shepherds are out in the fields of Bethlehem watching their sheep. The life of a shepherd, probably pretty boring. In fact, shepherds were not very high on the rung of society's ladder. Uh, shepherds were actually looked down upon. They were viewed as crooks and thieves. Um, they were not respected. And so you've got Luke mentioning that there are shepherds watching their sheep nearby. And this is what happens. An angel shows up. Uh, the, it says the, the glory of the Lord shone around the angels. Look at verses uh, 10 and 11. But the angel said to them, it says they were terrified, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. So God chooses to send his son, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, who should have been born in a palace, yet was born not in a palace. He was laid in a manger. He should have been put on a throne, but instead he was put where cows would eat. Uh, he should have been wrapped in a royal robe, but he was wrapped in strips of linen. Uh, he should have been, uh, his birth should have been announced with trumpets, and yet it was accompanied by the bleating of sheep. His birth should have been attended by royalty and, and magistrates and officials from all over the world. And yet the first people to hear that the Savior of the world has been born were lowly shepherds. The first ones to hear the good news were shepherds. We keep going in the story. The angel tells them how they're going to find the, the baby. They're gonna, the baby's born in Bethlehem. You're going to find him wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. And all of a sudden, the skies burst forth with lots and lots of angels, hundreds of angels, thousands of angels, maybe hundreds of thousands of angels. The skies explode over Bethlehem. And this is what they sing. Verse 14. Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Uh, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom 
his favor rests. And these angels can't contain themselves. They have been waiting for eons for God to bring his plan of salvation into effect. They have been waiting and waiting and waiting for God to send his son. And the moment has finally arrived and the skies just explode with angels singing a very simple song, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests, peace and goodwill to you, planet earth. God has sent his son to be your savior. That the sins that you've committed for decades and centuries and millennia can all be washed away. That everything that has been messed up in this world and has been broken in this world, God is going to mend by sending his son. The shepherds say, all right, we got to go. We got to go see what this is all about. And the shepherds jump up and they hightail it into Bethlehem. Forget the sheep. The sheep will be fine. The angels will watch the sheep. But we got to go find this baby. And the shepherds jump up and they run into Bethlehem and they make a search for the baby and they find the baby just as the angels said they would, wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. It says that the, the shepherds, when they found him, went out and they told everybody they could about him. They were the first evangelists, the first ones to proclaim the good news about Jesus. And so they go out and they tell everybody that the baby has come, that the Savior has been born, that the Messiah is here. It says they returned. But Mary says she, she treasured all these things in her heart. Like, think about her day for just a minute. We're going to talk about this next week, but think about her day. She's given birth to the Savior of the world. And the shepherds show up. And they're like, do you mind? I mean, so I've had people, I've been a pastor for 24 years, and like, you know, I've been like present, not, not when the baby came, but like minutes after the baby came. Like, and, and I've been there to pray with the family and things like that, and I get to hold the, no, it's, it's amazing, it's just amazing. But like when I walk in the room after like mom has given birth, it's never, oh, the pastor's here. And I'm sure for shepherds, for Mary, it wasn't, oh, the shepherds have arrived, She's exhausted. <laughs> she just gave birth. And yet the shepherds, she, it says that she uh, kept all these things in her heart and she pondered them. And verse 20 says this. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. My friends, I love this story. It's so simple. It's, it's, it's not a fairy tale. It's, it's not a legend. It's not a myth. It's real. It actually happened. Jesus actually came to earth. He was born of a virgin. He was uh, wrapped in cloths and laid in a manger. And, and Jesus is real. And he really came to earth. And he wants you to have a relationship with him. And you are invited to simply come and offer your worship to the Savior. You are invited to simply come and offer your worship 
to the Savior. Like Jesus welcomes you. If you're a believer in Jesus, he, he welcomes you to be like one of the shepherds, to come and worship, to come and worship him. And I know sometimes worship can be hard. There's a lot of pressure it feels like. Well, I want you to know this for sure. You don't have to put on a show for Jesus. You don't have to put on a show. When you come to church, you don't have to put on a show for Jesus. You don't have to put on your Sunday best, whatever that means, because it may mean how you're dressed or it may be the fake mask that you put on to make people feel like your life is perfect. You know what I'm talking about. You don't have to put on a show for Jesus. He, he invites you to come and worship him. He invites you to come and offer your praise to him, offer your worship to him. You don't have to put on a show. You don't have to put on airs. You don't have to pretend like you've got it all figured out. You don't have to pretend like everything's okay. It's okay to not be okay. And I want you to know that GSCC, this is a place where it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to come in in your blue jeans and your Packers Christmas sweater. In fact, it's encouraged and welcomed by me. It's okay if your life is falling apart. It's okay. Jesus says, come to me. It's okay if you're tired and you're weary and you're worn out. Jesus says, come to me. You don't have to have all the finer points of doctrine and theology figured out to come and worship here. To come to the manger, to come to Bethlehem, to come and see, to come and worship. And to express the love and adoration and admiration and affection that you have for the one who died for your sins. You're welcome here. Jesus welcomes you to come and offer your worship to him. If you're not a believer in Jesus yet, and you're like, man, I really, I just started going to church, or I, I just started thinking about it, I just started praying for the first time in my life, I just started reading my Bible, I'm, I'm not sure what I think about this whole thing, I'm not sure what I believe about Jesus yet, I want you to know that Jesus has an invitation, a simple invitation for you. You are invited to simply come and offer your heart to the Savior. He invites you. To give him your heart. And here's the good news. That's all he asks. That's all he's asking for. You don't have to be perfect. In fact, it's better if you're not. It's better if you realize, you know what? I don't have it all figured out. I don't have all the answers. I don't know all the stuff. I don't know. I couldn't tell you uh, half the stuff that's in this book. It's okay. You can come to Jesus and just offer him your heart. It's so simple. And it's like, how do I do that? How do I, how do I give my heart to Jesus? You got to believe. You got to have faith. You got to believe that Jesus is the son of God and that he died for your sins. You got to repent. You need to turn away from sin and turn away from your sinful life and turn to God for forgiveness. You need to acknowledge your faith. You need to confess Jesus as Savior and Lord. And you need to acknowledge your faith by getting baptized. You need to get baptized. 
If you've never taken that step of faith, if you've never said, you know what, I, I do need to get baptized, or maybe you were baptized as a baby and it, and it was more for your family than it was for you, it, you need to make that decision for yourself. You need to give your life and your heart to Jesus Christ, the one who gave his life for you. You don't have to be perfect. And you don't have to pretend like you've got it all figured out. You don't have to pretend that you're perfect. No, the good news of Christmas and the simple message of Christmas is this. You can simply come as you are. People have told me before, well, once I get this habit, you know, once I, when, once I stop doing these stupid things, you know, once I, once I get that figured out, when, when, I, when I break these bad habits, then I'll start coming to church or then I'll start, then I'll give my heart to Jesus. Or once I start some good habits, once I actually do some good things, you know, when I start reading my Bible every day, then I'll come to Jesus. When I start going to church more regularly, then I'll come to Jesus. You don't have to wait. You don't have to wait. Like you can, you can give your life to Jesus tonight. Like we, we have warm water for you to get baptized in. We have, we have clothes that you can change into. We have a hair dryer. You can blow dry your hair when you're done. If you still have some. You can do it tonight though. You don't have to wait. If you're watching online, you're like, well, how can I do that? You call the office this week. You call the church office, 219-924-6840, or you send us a, a message at office at gfcc.net, or you go to gfcc.net slash connect and fill out that connection card and let us know that you want to give your life to Jesus Christ. And we want to make that happen for you, that you can experience the miracle of new life in Jesus Christ in 2020. A year that has, for the most part, just stunk to high heavens. You can make it the best year ever by giving your life to Christ. And finding that he will wash away all your sins and forgive you of everything you've ever done and every bad thing you've ever said and every mean thing you've ever said, every sinful thought you've ever had, every sinful action you've ever committed, Jesus is willing to forgive it all and give you the promise and the hope of eternal life with him. My friends, it's been a bad year. And we know it. But it doesn't have to end on a bad note. Here we are. Christmas 2020. It's a simple message and a simple story. And this story was written for you and for me.